1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, verses 8 and 9. What a blessing it is to see these young converts taking advantage of the opportunities that the Holy Spirit opens up and the doors that the Holy Spirit opens up unto them. It's wonderful to see, and especially all the hidden talent that is just laying dormant, and God can't wait to get his hand on it, can't wait to get his hand on their hearts and minds, and to use them for the furtherance of the gospel. This text is going to apply to both of you, brethren, uh, Zach and also Roger, but it also applies to all of us. Paul, in the 16th chapter of 1 Corinthians, says this in verse 8 and 9. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. Something caused Paul to tarry longer in Ephesus. And then he tells us what it is in the next verse. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Zach, an open door has opened up for you. Roger, an open door has opened up for you. You both have gifts, you both have talents, but more importantly, you both started to live for God. Of course, you've been living for God, but you had to abandon a ship that was sinking. But anyway, I want you to catch what Paul says here. For a great door and opportunity is opened unto me. But with the open doors comes adversaries, comes opposition, comes troublemakers, comes the devil to try and stop your march and your progress for God. So Paul says it was a great door. And maybe it may be a smaller door. But every door that God puts before you, and if he puts two doors before you, always take the harder one. The Wilson always told me, Brother Tony, when there's two opportunities there, two doors for you, you take the harder one. That's because one day he asked me to preach and um, I started to go another way. And he reminded me that you take the harder way. And God will honor you for that. A door of opportunity opened for Paul in Ephesus. The power of the gospel broke through in that city and souls were being set free from all manner of evil. And Paul seized the moment to further advance the kingdom of God. What happened to the proud, and I thought about this today as I was studying, what happened, we all know what happened 
We started to forget God. We started to ignore God. We had no time for the things of God. And what happened to the proud and adventurous spirit of American Christianity that was passed down from faithful, faithful um, generations prior? Worshiping God, revivals, camp meetings, prayer meetings were the highlight. Stop and think about it. They were the highlight, the social center 50, 60 years ago. And the conversations in many coffee shops were all centered around the Word of God. 50, 60 years ago, people wanted to go to revivals. They wanted to go to camp meetings. They wanted to go to prayer meetings. And they were happy with it. And God blessed America. Opportunities were taken advantage of. And America was blessed and God shed his grace on thee. But then people begin to forget. And people wanted to run God's influence out of the secular world. And they wanted to separate church from state. God never intended that. God wanted in on everybody's life in everybody's area. He did not want to be left out at any time. Worshiping God, revivals, camp meetings, prayer meetings, uh, the whole town would uh, show up and hear speakers and enjoy the things of God. In the coffee shops or in the, in the doctor's office, they would talk about the things of God. This was Paul's passion to preach Christ and him crucified. Paul was preaching the gospel in Ephesus for three years and was anxious to take the gospel to the west. But he couldn't go because an effectual opportunity, a door had opened up for him. The opportunities in Ephesus were great in spite of the adversaries who opposed the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just know this. Anytime you do or try to do anything for God, the enemy is going to harass you. It's just not going to be easy. You're just not going to fall right into it. Roger, if you try to get up and sing another song, the devil's going to fight you. Zach, the devil's always trying to fight you because of all the issues and the problems and what you've been going through and having to change churches. But... You did the right thing. You made the harder choice. Or you would have never been in a great revival last week. Just stop and think of what you would have missed. Amen? Instead of being in a church where they ordain and they promote homosexuality. Stop and think about it. A lot of bold spirits today. But an open door has been provided and Paul knows he's got to walk through it because he knows on the other side of that door is the glory of God, is honoring God. Amen. He must lay hold of it with all his energy in spite of the many adversaries. Not only the enemies without do we have to fight when we try to make progress with God, 
but the enemies within. Enemies of doubt, fear, sacrifice, sickness, uh, moral weakness, lethargy, laziness, self-preservation are all rising up all the time with the minds of believers. I know when I was challenged by Brother Wilson and my leaders to, to preach, to do this, to do that. One day, Brother Wilson called me when I was uh, at, at um, Holofane. He said, I want you to preach the revival next week. I almost fell off the chair. I wasn't any more to preach a revival than I was to do anything else. But I remember he said, take the harder way. And I did. And I had to go to work every day, and then I had to study well into the night. And I thought, if I ever get through this, it'll be a miracle. Oh, how things have changed. I got $800. People today are getting thousands. (laughs) Just a joke. (laughs) But let me tell you something. I grew enormously in that week. I actually started to believe I might be able to be a preacher someday. When God opens up doors opportunities walk through them and you won't have a lot of regrets so Paul walked through the door he said it was a great door it was an open door it was an effectual door but there were many adversaries who were the adversaries in Ephesus They were all idol worshipers. All their trades, they were building little idols and gods of Diana and this God and that God. And Paul knew when he preached the gospel and people started to turn away from all the idols and all the trades that were making money, selling lies to the people, he knew that the devil was going to come at him with full force. And that's exactly what happened. They tried to kill him. A riot broke out. Paul wanted to go out into the street where they were. And, and, and his brethren said, no, you can't go. They'll kill you. God knows how to protect his people as well. The Christian warfare, and sometimes if we lose that mentality... there will be eternal consequences to suffer for it. The gospel Paul preached magnified the Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, the sorcerer's books full of lies were burned in the marketplace. The trades of the idolatrous image makers were exposed. The book of Acts tells us how the riots broke out and how Paul's life was threatened multiple times. His whole ministry, because he was such an exceptional And a called out apostle, because he was such a brilliant man and a talented man, the devil fought him and tried to kill him many, many, many times. He was beaten, he was whipped, he was uh, shipwrecked, he was everything you can imagine. The devil will fight you every time there's an opportunity that's laying at your feet. 
Troy, that's what I appreciate about you. You remind me of me many years ago. Anywhere Brother Wilson wanted me to go, any rest home that opened, any people down south, I'd go and preach. And I used to go down south to this one group and there was 20, 30 people in the house. It wasn't like church. I'm getting ready to preach and a couple guys get up, they open the refrigerator, they pull out a piece of pie, they grab some milk and I'm in the middle of preaching. It's a whole new ball game. And then after, after the service was over, they passed the hat. All I heard was change going in the hat. No lettuce. And I preached many times for free. And I went everywhere that I was supposed to go. Got all the experience I could get. But eventually... I started to get just a little bit better and a little bit bolder and a little bit more confidence in God. And I finally became a preacher. And then there was Brother Richie, and I didn't know the devil was working through him because every time I was through preaching, he'd come up to me and he said, one of these days, son, you're going to make a good preacher. There's a lot of oppositions when you try to do something for God. Roger, you got a good voice. God wants to use you. Zach, God wants to use you. You got a good head on your shoulder. You handled a situation in your church that was very sensitive, but you knew. And anything you get thrown out of, you shouldn't have been in it in the first place. And you know everybody that got thrown out in the Bible? Guess who went looking for him? Jesus. Amen. So don't think it's the worst thing that can happen to you when you get thrown out of something. Amen. They were downsizing in Holofane, and uh, they, you know, they were trying to get me to, to leave. But if I left, I wouldn't have got my little retirement. They had to, they had to downsize and get rid of me. And so I held on, and it was a struggle. I didn't know who was going to last the longest. But anyway, uh, they said that uh, they were downsizing, and I had to go. And I was happy to go. There are many things in life which confront us with closed doors, but the Christian spirit refuses to accept the doctrine of closed doors. We cannot expect that the kingdom of God on earth will not be opposed. Jesus said, if the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. And sometimes, Jesus said, your greatest enemies will be those of your own household. And speaking of the household and the family, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And he puts a sword between brothers and and mothers and fathers and, and siblings. And that sword is 
you're either going to follow the Lord or you're going to let your family interrupt you and cause you not to do what God wants you to do. There are husbands, many husbands, I remember in the Acres days, didn't want their wives going to the revivals, the long revivals, that weren't there to cook the supper. They made life miserable. Those are your greatest enemies. Those that you might even sleep with. Those you might even live under the same roof with. We know the church, the churches in many places are barely holding their own these days. Most of the time, they are in a retreat mode. They're in a compromise mode. They have allowed the world to come in. They have become very soft on peddling the gospel. And they're going along to get along with the world. A lot of preachers no longer even use in their pulpits the words like hell or sinner. A lot of things are changing. A lot of compromises are going on all the time. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Many churches in this generation are in jeopardy of a just judgment of God because they have compromised and they have shunned and they have ignored the opportunities that God has given them to preach Christ. There are many enemies opposing the gospel, especially where there are great doors about to open. And they have to be defied as David defied Goliath. What we need in America right now, more than anything, is heroic Christianity if we are going to overcome the evil which is confronting our nation. There are open doors all along our journey. Doors to Christian success, greater usefulness, and spiritual revelations. But way too often we look upon those doors as barriers. Like the children of Israel looked upon the walls of Jericho. God promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. He showed them the land. They brought back the fruit of the land. It was so heavy they had to carry it on their shoulders. But when they saw the opposition and the walls of Jericho, they convinced 80% of the people not to go. And it cost them, and this is what's tragic, it cost them 40 years of their life. And many of those people never did get into the promised land. God had a wonderful plan. God was going to fight their battles with them. God was going to give them more than they could ever expect, a land flowing with milk and honey. But they saw the walls. The spirit of fear caused them to turn away. Our moods have a lot to do with whether or not we walk through those doors of opportunity. I was in Walmart. 
and I saw a brother, which I always see a brother or a sister. And I said, wow, did we just have a great revival. It's one of the best. Well, we got up to go, but that's not going to get the job done. That's not going to keep revival going. That's not going to keep the fire burning in our camp. That's going to be discouraging to a lot of people. It's up to us now to keep the revival fires burning. God's no respecter of person, Brother Bob. What God did last week, he wants to do this week. And they had just told me, oh, we got to get things together. We got to get back in church. And you got a whole week of church, a whole week of wonderful revival, wonderful singing, wonderful evangelists. You see, all it takes to miss a prayer meeting, to miss a revival, to miss a Sunday morning service is a mood swing. It's all it takes. Stop and think about that. It's like the two prisoners sharing the same cell. One looked out his cell window and saw nothing but bars, and the other one looked out the same window and he saw stars. It all depends what kind of mood you're in. It it all depends on what you see. And if you don't feel connected, if you don't feel like what you're doing in your life is connected with God, then you won't honor it. It won't mean anything to you. And every little mood that comes along can just blow you away from the opportunities and the doors that God is opening for us to get closer to God. All those doors that open, they open to further God's glory. But every door that you try to walk through and every inch of ground that you try to take for God, every step that you take for God, the enemy is going to fight you. And if you don't put on the whole armor of God, it'll just take a mood to remove you. There are opportunities in every difficulty and difficulty in every opportunity. Conquering the darkness of Satan's domain is never going to be easy, but it is doable because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. 
So we've just come out of a fantastic revival. And it's important that every member of this congregation keep it going. That means each of us must overcome our moods that tend to be less than faithful. Brother Sankey asked me, how many people do you have on a Sunday morning? Usually. I said, well, maybe 200, sometimes over, sometimes under. But last Sunday, this place was well filled. Even with those that were in the kitchen working, there was a pile of people Sunday morning. Why can't that be every Sunday? What's more important? We all need vacations. We all need R&R. You all understand that every time I preach. But how in the world can we just allow a mood to say, well, you know, it's a beautiful day. Let's go have breakfast. You know what my answer to that is, don't you? Shall I say it? I hope you choke. (laughs) No, it's not. But I don't understand that. If this was a dull church, if we didn't have good camp meetings, good revivals, good prayer meetings, if we didn't have life going on, the presence of God in this church, it would be a different story. But this is a good church. Because you and you and you and you made it so. Well, what kind of church do you want to have? Johnny Zimzak called me down in Florida, and he goes to Hope Sound Bible Church. They're a little more conservative than us. They, they are a holiness group. And Sankey had put on his Facebook a lot of things about the revival. A lot of the good things that were happening in our revival. After the service last Sunday, Johnny Zimzak's pastor, who hadn't hardly said a thing to him, But when he saw what Sankey said about what was going on in this church, he went up to Johnny. He said, Johnny, he put his arm around him. First time Johnny ever had his arm around, Pastor. He said, do you go to that church of God of Licking County up there in Newark? He said, yeah. I I attended there for 30 years. All of a sudden, Johnny was a star. Do you understand what I'm saying? Brother Sankey gave me four names to call. 
Someone came up to me, and they usually do every revival. I forget who it was, a couple people. And they said, where do you get these people? You know why we think that way? Because maybe we just didn't get around the block enough to know that there are some really powerful speakers out there and they're not in the church of God by name. Spiritually, they're in the church of God. They don't even know that sometimes. And he told me, there's, he said, four preachers, he said, three of them are, they were presidents of God's Bible College. But this one man is like the premier preacher of the fellowship. And he said, Brother Tony, if you can get this guy, he's fabulous. So I'm going to call him this week and see if we can get him. It's called networking. Don't be afraid to cross the line. There are Baptists that are saved. Oh. Amen. There are people out there that don't go to the church of God. There are people out there that don't even know anything about the millennium being a joke. I mean doctors, PhDs. They're still looking for the lamb to lie down with the lion. They're waiting for the kingdom to come. But they got a good spirit. And a man and a woman only sees what they see. God doesn't condemn you for what you don't know. He only condemns us for what we do know. And having brought many, many, many outside speakers into this fellowship has built this fellowship up to be one of the quality fellowships. So we're going to call these fellows. Pray, I hope they can come. Okay, I'm getting ready to close. Some of the finest preachers, missionaries, soul winners, Sunday school teachers, evangelists, pastors, singers, musicians, etc., etc., are those who never walked through their open doors. Roger, what would have happened? You didn't give your heart to God. We would have never heard you sing tonight. You got a gift. Huh? 
How many gifts are under the bushels these days? How many people had the talent and the ability and God had the call for them but they wouldn't walk through that open door? And now that gift and that calling and that talent has been squandered. This is why many blessings are missed. Many spiritual dreams are never achieved. Why many callings are never fulfilled. And some of the best chapters of our lives were never written because there's so many that heard the call. They felt the inspiration. They saw the open door but they never walked through them because there were adversaries and discouragements and doubts and fears and a multiplicity of people who had a vision, who had a dream, who felt that inspiration, who felt that calling, who thought that that hand of God was on them. But they lost the vision. And the vision faded. And the high calling for a lot of people has never been experienced just because they wouldn't walk through an open door. So the revival is over. But all the future services that are coming up Mother's Day, Father's Day, Memorial Day, Thanksgiving. All those services. The upcoming weekly services. Our camp meetings coming up. Our fall revivals coming up. Our vacation Bible school is coming up. Prayer meetings. Opportunities just keep coming when a church is under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. God writes the program. He inspires. I don't pick names out of a hat. I network, I pray. I pray over every speaker that comes here. And, and every preacher, the speaker that comes in here, I, I, I wish he's better than me. And 99% of them are. That's how you have revival. So the revival is over. But 2023 and all of its agenda and we get busy at this time and we stay busy all the way through the holidays and the end of the Christmas season and into the new year. Opportunities 
We've been trying to get Dave to sing. Dave Pound. Who do you think broke that string on his banjo? I don't know. But I thought just like the devil. Have opportunities. And sometimes the devil is the culprit and sometimes he's not. How many of us see our future services as open doors, opportunities? to do more for God. And I close with this. What kind of opportunities must we lay hold of? What is one of the key benefits and opportunities of walking through an open door? If you walk through every door that God opens, you will find a richer fellowship with God. God will become real to you more real than he is right now. That goes for all of us. Richer fellowship with God. The world out here, they have no taste, no attraction for God's fellowship. It's a waste of time to them. And they'll have a whole eternity in hell to regret that attitude. If you are a Christian, just stop and think about it. If if we are Christians, or any Christians, we have a nature inside of us that has been controlled now by the Holy Spirit. And you know what that nature inside of us wants more than anything? It wants God. It wants more of God. It hungers and thirsts for the things of God. It hungers and thirsts for more revelations of God and more understanding of God, and more blessings of God. The greatest joy this side of heaven is having an intimate fellowship with God. And you and I know there are millions of professing Christians out there that don't know a thing about it. You ask them if they're Christian. Well, I know the man upstairs. You're an idiot. You don't know nothing. Look at the people that walk around because they got a denominational name, they got a name tag. I'm a Christian. Don't know anything about God. And it's happening more and more and more in America. We're not getting closer, we're getting further away from God. 
barring a revival or barring a catastrophic event, So I close with this last benefit. Another benefit of keeping revival alive is the open door and opportunity for a greater usefulness in God's kingdom. The laborers are few. God needs helpers. He needs laborers. He gives a talent to this one. He wants to get two back. He gives a talent to this one, five. He wants to get ten back. How many believers will look back over their lives with deep regrets that they should have used all their opportunities more faithfully to worship God? They had opportunities to win souls. They had opportunities to learn more about God. They had opportunities to be little Jesuses, like Brother Sankey said. And there are opportunities to serve him more faithfully. So my challenge to you tonight, myself as well, Let's move through this year seeing more opportunities to shine for God. Justin, we can sing a song and go. More opportunities to shine for God. More opportunities to win souls to God. More opportunities to develop stronger ministries. More opportunities to be used more by God. One of the, and I've heard Brother Wilson say this many times, he said one of the greatest, one of the greatest feelings that a man or woman can have is to feel the hand of God on them. to know you're not in it alone and to know that you got where you got because God's hand was on you. There's no greater thrill. So I just want to challenge you with that. It's up to each one of us in this church to make this church and keep this church and keep the revival fires in this church burning. It's not up to me, not me by myself, not you by yourself. It's up to all of us keep the fires burning. It was a great time in the Lord. There were were a lot of things that got accomplished. A lot of people received help. But we've got to keep walking through the open doors. 
God does not leave us where he finds us. Never. He's always got something more for you to do. That's why our sanctification never ends. Sanctify them through the truth. Set them apart. Keep setting them apart through the truth. Show them that they need to do this now and show them that they need to do that now. Wonderful. And you know why this is all important? Because I don't know that we have a whole lot of time left in this old world. Got a lot of bad people in this world. And Thursday, tomorrow, we're going to be invaded. We're going to literally be invaded with terrorists, convicts, murderers, pedophiles. They're going to come in. Cities, small cities are going to start to change. Crime is going to go up. Going to get ugly. I listened to the president say he didn't have no plan. He didn't know what to do. Well, it's obvious he don't know what to do. And our only defense, our only defense, is we got to keep walking through the open doors. God lays something on your heart and you know it's God. If you've got doubts about it, talk to someone. Pray with someone. God will make it clear. So thank you for being here tonight.